What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies Love and Monsters and Supernova. And first, let's talk about Love and Monsters. Here's a quick synopsis. After surviving a monster apocalypse for the past seven years with a colony of survivors, Joel decides to leave and put himself in danger in order to reconnect with Amy, his former girlfriend. This is one of the movies that came out very early in the pandemic that I had heard so many good things about and I want to come right out and say it. This movie 100% lived up to my expectations and one of the biggest reasons why is the leading actor Dylan O'Brien who gives the best performance of his career. He is best known for the TV show Teen Wolf on MTV and the Maze Runner films. In this film, for me, he proves he has a future as a leading man, he can be funny and be serious when needed. I would compare O'Brien to Logan Lerman. Both guys are known for franchises. O'Brien with Maze Runner and Lerman with Percy Jackson. And both are way better actors than people give them credit for. I want O'Brien to be given more opportunities as the lead of big movies and hopefully better studio films because he definitely has movie star potential. O'Brien as an actor is surprisingly really funny. He also kind of reminds me of Zac Efron. Like we, the first time we saw Zac Efron, he was in the high school musical movies and then all of a sudden he was showing up in comedies with Seth Rogen and he was being really funny. Like Zac Efron is surprisingly funny and so is Dylan O'Brien. I think O'Brien should try to have a career similar to that of Chris Pratt. Like I could definitely see Dylan O'Brien as the lead of movies like like the Guardians of the Galaxy or Jurassic World. Those are the type of opportunities I want to see O'Brien get in the not-so-distant future. And his upcoming films include Infinite with Mark Wahlberg, The Outfit with Zoe Deutsch, Johnny Flynn, and Mark Rylance, and Marceau with Mark Strong. Also in this film is Jessica Henwick, who is an actress on the rise. She's been an Iron Fist in movies like Underwater and On the Rocks, and is going to appear in the fourth Matrix film. In this film, she's really good and has excellent chemistry with Dylan O'Brien. I think you're going to know the name Jessica Henwick and another person in this film is Michael Rooker who has surprisingly had an under the radar career. He's appeared in a lot of high quality films. He was in Amen Out which is one of the most underrated baseball films of all time. It's right up there with Bull Durham and Field of Dreams as my favorite movies about baseball. John Cusack is amazing in this film. If you have not seen Amen Out, what are you doing? David Strathairn is so good in Amen Out, and so is Michael Rooker. So he's appeared in that movie. He appeared in Days of Thunder, which is like the race car driver version of Top Gun. He's appeared in Oliver Stone's JFK with Kevin Costner, and Tombstone with Val Kilmer and Kurt Russell. I mean, this guy, and more recently, he's been in the Guardian of the Galaxy films alongside 
alongside Chris Pratt. I mean, this guy has gone under the radar. He kind of reminds me of Woody Harrelson. Like, he can play any part that Woody Harrelson can play. Like, they're both kind of that. They always play the eccentric mentor to the leading character. Like, I could definitely have seen Michael Rooker in the Zombieland films, and I could definitely see Woody Harrelson in Love and Monsters. I mean, those two actors could definitely switch every single role they've ever played. This movie, Love and Monsters, is a lot of fun. It reminds me a lot of Zombieland and 28 Days Later, these films that take place in dystopian worlds, and the films are not about the characters trying to fix things. They are about characters trying to accept the reality that they live in. Like, this movie isn't about Dylan O'Brien's character trying to save the world. No, it's about him trying to survive, and there's something that feels so honest about that. Like, it's more realistic if there's an apocalypse and there's no way of fixing things. You just have to live in that reality that I really respect that. Like, if this were a movie where Dylan O'Brien was the ultimate hero and he saved the world from the monster apocalypse, I don't think it would be a very good film. But because he's a character who's just trying to live in this reality and not be so lonely, I somehow find that to be way more believable and way more likable. The same thing with Zombieland. I mean, that's what's so good about those movies. Jesse Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson and Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin, they're not trying to fix the zombie apocalypse. They have accepted the reality that they live in. I also really like the idea of a character going on a harrowing journey for someone who doesn't want them to show up. A great example of this is another film, Damsel with Robert Pattinson and Mia Wojcicka. Like in that movie, Robert Pattinson plays this like cowboy who's going after this girl who doesn't want him to go after her. That's similar to Love and Monsters. And I love that premise. It makes for a very fun and and funny movie. That's what Dylan O'Brien's character Joel is doing. He is going on this journey that could cost him his life for a girl he hasn't seen in seven years and doesn't know how she feels about him at all. There's something really fun about that kind of journey. He has no idea how Amy, Jessica Henwick's character, feels about him seven years later. I don't want to spoil the movie at all, but I will say the one critique I kind of have about it is it doesn't go all in on that premise. Like, the Joel character kind of gets what he wants in the end. I think it would have been funnier if it were unrequainted love. I'm just glad that movies like Love and Monsters are still being made. I mean, not every movie has to be about a heady subject, and not every movie needs to be made for $400 million. This feels like a good in-between. This movie is fun, it's entertaining, it's action-packed, and it has a decent plot about it. I mean, of course, we've all seen Apocalypse movies over and over again, but this is an interesting premise, and Dylan O'Brien gives the best performance of his career. You got Michael Rooker, you got Jessica Henwick. What more can you want from this movie? Again, this was one of the earliest films that came out of the pandemic. I heard about it, and it 100% lived up to my expectations. I couldn't imagine not liking this movie. I definitely recommend you check out the movie Love and Monsters. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Supernova. Here's a quick synopsis. A couple, Sam and Tusker, go on a road trip where Sam is trying to overlook the fact that Tusker's dementia is getting much 
much worse. This was a film I heard about and I wanted to see for one reason and one reason alone. This movie stars Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci, who are two of the best actors of their generation. Firth has been on a brilliant run of movies since starring in A Single Man, which he was Oscar nominated for. He's been in The King's Speech, which he won the Oscar for. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which is an incredible movie that stars Gary Oldman, Benedict Cumberbatch, Tom Hardy shows up in this movie. If you have not seen Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, you're missing out. He showed up in the Kingsman movies with Taron Edgerton and Mark Strong. He's brilliant in those films. He was in Mary Poppins Returns as the villain, and he was also in 1917, the second best war film of the decade next to Dunkirk. And then you have Stanley Tucci, who has been one of the most reliable supporting actors of all time. He's been in Road to Perdition with Tom Hanks, Jude Law, The Devil Wears Prada with Anne Hathaway, Meryl Streep, Emily Blunt, Lovely Bones with Mark Wahlberg, Saoirse Ronan, Rachel Weisz, and Stanley Tucci was nominated for an Oscar for that performance. He was in Easy A with Emma Stone and Patricia Clarkson, and I think him and Patricia Clarkson almost steal that movie away from Emma Stone, which is almost impossible to do because of how good Emma Stone is in that movie. Penn Badgley is also incredible in that film. Easy A is one of the most underrated films ever. Then he showed up in Margin Call, which is right up there with Wall Street and Wolf of Wall Street as the best films ever about Wall Street. Of course, he showed up in Captain America, The First Avenger, The Hunger Games films, and Spotlight. I mean, look at that list of films. Stanley Tucci, get this guy an Oscar. I know Colin Firth won his Oscar, although I think it was for the wrong movie. Colin Firth should have won his Oscar for a single man. That changed my opinion of Colin Firth forever. Before I saw that movie, he was just that guy who was in that movie with Amanda Bynes. And then I saw a single man. I was like, this is one of the best living actors around. And since that film, he's lived up to it. I'm not one of these people who hates the King's speech like a lot of people because it won Oscars over the social network. Yes, I think that's a crime, but that movie is actually quite good and Colin Firth is good in it. I would just rather live in a world where he had an Oscar for a single man because that movie is stunning. For Tucci, I would have given him two Oscars at this point. I think he should have an Oscar for The Devil Wears Prada and I think he should have an Oscar for Spotlight. He is just as good, if not better, than Mark Ruffalo and Rachel McAdams in that movie and they were the actors who were nominated. And the movie he was nominated for isn't even that good of a film. Yes, Saoirse Ronan and him are really good in Lovely Bones. Mark Wahlberg's fine in that movie. But that is not a very good film. This is something I absolutely love about movies. You can love two people's careers and then they can come together and make a really, really good movie. Like that's what was so special about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, it was Quentin Tarantino. Yes, it was an amazing plot. But that movie had Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio in the same movie together after years and years and years of 
watching their work. That's what Supernova felt like for me. I had watched Stanley Tucci for years. I'd watched Colin Firth for years. I admired them both greatly. And then they came together for this really good movie. And together, Firth and Tucci are great and have insane chemistry together. Firth is playing this character who won't admit that his life is never going to be the way it was, while Tucci is playing a character who has accepted his faith. First, next projects include a Motherly Sunday with Olivia Coleman and Odessa Young, and Operation Mincemeat with Matthew McFadden, and Tucci is set to appear in The King's Man with Ray Fiennes and Aaron Taylor Johnson. That's really weird because, of course, Colin Firth has appeared in The King's Men movies with Taron Egerton, so that's another cool connection between these two legendary actors. I don't want to reveal too much about this movie, but there is one thing I want to talk about. It's this amazing quote from the movie. I think it's the best quote maybe of a movie last year. Here's a quote from Stanley Tucci's character who is dealing with dementia. He says, you're not supposed to mourn someone when they are alive. To me, this is what this movie is about. His character feels like people are treating him like he's no longer the same person. So in his mind, he might as well be dead. That's a powerful quote from a really good movie. And I did. I really like this movie. I do, however, have one major issue with this movie and its ending. Its ending is so bleak. If you are going to make a movie about dementia, I think you need to make an ending that is hopeful for somebody who is going to have dementia. Like, that should be the purpose of a movie like this. Not to make this guy's life seem even bleaker than it really is. I mean, the two characters come to a conclusion that I cannot even fathom as a human being. It is dark. It is bleak. I think the movie thinks its ending is really hopeful and it was the right thing to do for everyone involved. I'm not going to get into the specifics, but it is really dark. And I do not care for that. If you're going to make a movie about something that some real people are going to have to deal with, like what if you are somebody who has dementia and then you watch this movie how are they supposed to react it's an uncomfortable feeling so that's why when I feel like you make a movie about a subject like this I think the ending should be hopeful in some way and not to come to some dark conclusion that this is the character's fate and he has to accept that no matter what I think that's disturbing yes I get it a lot of people will say oh you just want all your movie endings to be happily ever after. No, I get it that real life is dark, but we shouldn't make it darker than what it really is. And that's what I think Supernova does. It makes life darker than it really is. This guy's ending should not have been that way. Again, I'm not going to go into the specifics, but I was really against the ending of this movie. And it made me think... It changed my entire opinion on the movie. If they had landed the ending, I would have thought this was a great movie, but it didn't. So I think it was just an okay movie. And really, at the end of the day, the only thing I really liked about it was the fact that Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci got to be in a movie together. I just don't want my endings to be that dark about something that real people have to deal with. I don't think this movie came to a logical conclusion. I think it came to a very very dark and bleak conclusion that is darker than reality, if that makes any sense to you. 
And don't get me wrong, I like dark movies that deal with dark subject matters, but those movies usually have something smart to say about the subject matter. This movie had absolutely nothing to say about the subject matter that it was dealing with, and it came to this very dark conclusion that that's how somebody who's dealing with that should deal with this issue. And the other guy just accepted it. Yes, there was some fighting back over the choice that's made in the movie, movie, but not enough of a big deal was made about that ending. And I think that's a very dark way to end a movie like this. I just don't understand how they came to that resolution of this ending because I think it absolutely ruined the movie. You can say all the things that this character says about how he's going to deal with it, the fact that he has dementia, but then you should come up with a hopeful ending so that somebody in real life who's dealing with this issue doesn't feel the same way that this guy does. It absolutely makes zero sense to make a movie like this with a dark and twisted ending like this movie has, and that's what I think it is. That's the other thing I don't understand about the movie. I think the filmmakers, I think Colin Firth and I think Stanley Tucci, probably look at this movie and go, look, it's a hopeful ending. It's not. It's very dark. It makes absolutely no sense why these two characters came to that conclusion that they came to. And I don't want to spoil the movie. Maybe you'll have absolutely different opinions than I did, but that ending almost completely ruined the entire movie for me. And the only thing I can take away from this film is that there are great performances from Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci, but the movie does not know how to deal with the subject matter that it's dealing with. I think this movie's ending sends the wrong message about how to deal with that particular issue of getting dementia. That's how I feel about it, and I think that's what making movies is about. You want people to see these movies, and you want your movies to have a message, and this is a movie that clearly wants to have a message, and I think it's sending the absolute wrong one on how to deal with somebody who's getting dementia. I get the whole arc of the Colin Firth character, and I get that the Stanley Tucci character wants to make his character move on in life, but that resolution is horrifying to me. That ending scene when you realize what happened to the Stanley Tucci character is horrific in my estimation, and I completely hated the ending of this movie. And that's not to say I don't recommend it. I still think you should check out Supernova. It has really good performances from Colin Firth. It has a really good performance from Stanley Tucci, and they are incredible together. I want them to make more movies together. I would definitely see another one. I just want a movie that is about a real life thing that's happening like this that ends in a hopeful way. I don't think this movie's ending is hopeful. Maybe you'll disagree with me, but it is dark and it is very bleak. I think there's a way for a movie like this to be very dark, but then end in a hopeful place. And I don't think it ever ended in a hopeful place. It was hopeful in the middle of the movie when they're having a party, but then it got very bleak and dark. And I think the ending to these type of movies 
movies is the most important thing about them. What are you saying about the subject matter and what are you saying about how your character is going to deal with their lives moving forward? And I think this movie sends the wrong message of what to do in that situation. I'm just not a fan of this movie's ending. I am a fan of the movie and of course I'm a fan of Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci. They are two of the best actors ever and they finally made a movie together and so for that I would definitely recommend you watch the movie Supernova. You might agree with me and say the ending isn't all that but the performances really are. Check out Supernova. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes and this week I put the spotlight on the movies Love and Monsters and Supernova. Next week I'm putting the spotlight on the movies The Courier starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Minari starring Steven Yoon. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe.